Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. As with several other recent episodes, we are recording this episode during our Etch Family Ministry Conference. Right at the time we record, it is October, the weather is cool, the air is crisp. We are in Nashville. There's the smell of chicken and waffles in the air and everything that is delicious and Southern about Nashville. Uh, but we, we are here at the Edge Conference. So if you hear people in the background or noises around us, that's because the conference is happening. By the way, if you have not been here for Etch, please consider this a personal invitation to come. We would love to have you here next October to join with us, to come together. There's something special about being in a room with a thousand other kids ministry or student ministry leaders and worshiping together and hearing challenges together and then bumping into each other in the hallways and at lunch and sitting together in breakouts. And we have a great opportunity to bring in thought leaders from across the country. And one of those is a new friend of mine, but a good friend of ours here at Etch. And that's Diane Doko Kim. And she's here from the West Coast. That's right. Flying in from the Silicon Valley <laughs> to talk. And she's here this week talking about... Um, uh, well, the session that she's led uh, here at Etch, or one of them at least, was autism in the church. And so we're talking about special needs ministry yep. and some of the unique challenges that we have, that, that families have, and some of the things that we need to be aware of as church leaders. And so we want to enter into that in just a moment here. Now, if you don't know Diane, Diane Doko Kim, she is a special needs ministry consultant, speaker, and author. She's got a book, Unbroken Faith, is the title, Spiritual Recovery for the special needs parent. And so if you'd like to connect with her, you can find her at diannedokokim.com. That's D-I-A-N-E-D-O-K-K-O-K-I-M.com. And so Diane, welcome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for so being much here. For having me. Oh, I'm having a blast. We're this so great. glad to have you at Etch. And it sounds like you've been having a good time. It's been awesome. It is. Yeah. Thank great you. people. And we are so pleased to have you here in particular to be able to speak to this really uh, important need mm -hmm. in the church. That's uh, There's not a whole lot of people who are equipped to, to teach in this area. And it's so important for us to be able to have someone to look to mm. for advice and for wise counsel because yeah. we know that this is a real need yeah. that the church faces. So guys, we know that, that autism uh, impacts individuals and families, our ministry teams, and, and we need to gain some insight from parents of special needs children or children with special needs and, uh, and what we can do in ministry. And so we want to talk about some challenges, some, some workarounds, maybe some teaching tools, some strategies that we might deploy in the church. And so, Diane, tell us about, first of all, about the need. Is this, you know, it feels to me like there's an increasing need in this area. Absolutely. Is that, is that true? Yes. Um, according to the U.S. Census, 20% of our population live with disabilities. So when we're talking 20% of families, that includes 20% of adults and kids. And we know that things like ADHD, autism, anxiety, depression are on the rise. And so this is not a small group. And so no. this is a pretty significant mission field that is right here in our own backyards. So yeah, the need is there. It's not just a niche. Yeah, and yeah. so therefore we need to be aware of the need for right. one, which I think most of us have at least some level of awareness, but, but we may not all be well equipped to address the need. Right. And so that's why I appreciate that you guys actually have this track here for special needs because uh, the reality is 90% of families affected by disability are unable to attend church because most churches only 10 to 15% are equipped to know what to do with us 
or how to manage our kids. And so I really appreciate that you guys have an awareness of that need and that you're being intentional about training and equipping churches. So it's something that we all, every leader in every church, I believe, needs to have an awareness of this. Right. Some churches may not be equipped to have a whole program dedicated to special needs ministry, but maybe we need to reevaluate that. I'm so glad you asked that because that's one of the main things I talk about. Yeah. Um, I think one of the anxieties is, or the responses that I hear from a lot of churches is, we're not set up for that. We're not set up to do a special needs ministry. And so the first thing I'd like to kind of revisit and challenge is, what's our understanding of special needs ministry? Sure, it could be all the bells and whistles in the classrooms and the special ed teachers or whatever, but really, special needs ministry is anything a church is doing to include a family effect by disability into the life of your church. And so in one of my workshops, I showed a picture of a volunteer sitting with my kid in the hallway yes. so that my husband and I can worship together. And so for a lot of these families, they don't even have that option. And so but I want to That right there is ministry. Exactly. It's a whatever way. a church is doing. So I say the most important ingredient more than having a special ed teacher is heart and hustle. Uh, heart and hustle because if you have a heart you will hustle to find a way yes and it doesn't need to be all the bells and whistles of so I think there's this anxiety and kind of puffed up expectation of what people think special needs ministry is but it isn't it's just whatever you're gonna do think of the paralytic and his four friends yes. that was the first special needs ministry team in the New Testament did they have a degree did they have a special classroom no they had a heart for their friend and they were willing to hustle to do whatever it took to get their friend to Jesus uh. Heart and hustle. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, love, I love alliteration. That's easy to remember. <laughs> and I think I could do that. Like yeah. You just made it sound like this is something that I could do. Yeah, exactly. And I think the other anxiety that people have is that they have to know everything. And um, I think also something like autism, because I understand and I can appreciate that it seems so intimidating. It's so mysterious. And so this is... There's, there's this one expression in the world of autism. If you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. So the first thing I start off my workshops with is just telling them, you don't need to know everything about, you don't even need to know anything about autism. I'll give one example. My parents, my son's grandparents, I can guarantee you they've not read a single book on autism unless it was written in Korean. But there is nobody else outside of me and my husband that I would trust with my son because they know him. So my rule of thumb is you don't need to know the disease or the disorder or whatever. Just get to know each child and each family that God sends in your congregation. Start small. Love and love and will find a way. So uh, you are the mom of a, of a son who has autism. That's right. And so you discovered that when he was young and he's a teenager now. Yes. And so you have walked through this on the parenting side mm -hmm. and now you're able to do this as an advisor to, mm -hmm. to churches and ministries. Give us a little insight into the mind of the mom. So what, what kind of anxiety do families have? You mentioned a lot of them don't even come to church. Right. Be, so what is, what is it like for those of us who have not walked that path? Right. Help us to understand the perspective, the point of view, to walk in their shoes for a minute. Right. And I appreciate that question because I think a lot of times so much attention goes to the child with a disability. But the reality is special needs ministry is a family ministry because disability affects the entire family. Mm. So if a child receives a disability diagnosis, guess what? 
the parents are emotionally and spiritually crippled as well. And the siblings are struggling. Where's my place? Why does all the attention go to my sibling? And so the entire family is struggling with so many things. They're dealing with grief and loss of what they thought their lives were going to be, what their child's future might look like. They're also very angry at God. So they're having a crisis of faith of how could God let this happen? Obviously, there's all the therapies and all the finances and the stress on the marriage. So it is a lot that a family is going through. So uh, offering a safe place for them uh, to, to be, as you said, if someone could be with your child so that you and your husband could worship together, right. that meant a lot to you. Yeah. And so a lot of these families, um, this, whatever, 90 minutes that they might be able to participate in church, it might be the only break they get all week. It's because like caregiving, care, Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's spiritual respite. Yeah. And it's filling them with the ultimate hope of Christ, which is what they need ultimately. So... Yeah. And I imagine that you could feel very alone as a parent in a situation where you don't have people around who understand what that's like. Absolutely. That's probably one of the most universal characteristics of all special needs families, regardless of what the diagnosis is. Everyone feels like I am alone in this. Nobody understands what I'm going through. Yeah. So you're absolutely right, Chuck. So, okay. So coming alongside parents mm-hmm. could be a big part about the, of, the, of this. You said with children, we don't necessarily have to know everything. We just need to be able to have heart right. and hustle mm-hmm. uh, and be available. Um, if, so if this is something that, um, that a church decides they want to go farther into, so I think to have, in that case, would you advise maybe if, we had, if you even had a person who could, who could be present and available, that's a starting point? Right. Where would we go from there if we see this as a, if someone, a church leader listening right now says, you know, I just feel like God is asking me to do more? Mm-hmm. What, what might that look like as a next step? Well, if you already have a family in your congregation that is affected by disability, and this is where a lot of times special needs ministries start, kind of reactive, like, oh gosh, we've got this kid, we've got this family, what do we do now? I would say partner with the parents. You don't have to be an expert in disability ministry or even the disability because the parent is already the expert. Not only that, the parent is also tapping into their real experts, all the therapists, all the educational specialists that they've got at their arsenal. So when you partner with the parents, you are tapping into a world of information so they've already figured it out and not only that there are other ministries that have been doing this for years like Johnny and Friends like Key Ministry that come alongside churches and coaches them how to do this so you are not alone in this you don't have to figure it out God has already provided resources and experts that you can tap into what other advice do you have for us as ministry leaders as we as we come alongside families you know aside from being there for their children during that 90 minutes what else can we do There's so much that can be done. Um, I think one of the things that I would like to say is it's easy to view this ministry, special needs, as a giving ministry or a charity ministry. But the Word of God says in 1 Corinthians 12 about one body, the parts that are seemingly weaker are indispensable. Indispensable. And we know that God uses the weak to humble the strong. And he uses the foolish things of this world to teach the supposedly learned. Yes. And just as I have experienced that on a personal level, because my son's autism has been the number one sharpest tool in heaven's drawer to chisel me in my personal sanctification Mm. to discipleship, I have seen this as a special needs ministry consultant. God do that on a corporate level with many churches. So you think that this is a giving ministry? God is going to use this ministry to shape and chisel the congregation in the church into greater Christ-likeness. So it's not that we need you. Guess what? The Word of God says the church needs us. And we need each other. That's right. Yeah. Well, so tell me a story about that. Wow, so many. Okay. Got to just pick one, right? Yeah. Okay. 
You're going to edit this, right, Andrew? No. <laughs> <laughs> we want it straight. All right. I know that you have seen so many, so many things. And yeah. I just think to hear a word of testimony, mm-hmm. you know, of, of something that's a real life situation that you've seen could be really helpful. I think I'll just share one of the th- stories that I shared in my workshop just off the top of my head. Um, we had the situation where one of our students, uh, I'll call him Mel, um, he's on the autism spectrum and he just wasn't feeling it that day as some of our students are and so he wandered over to kind of one of the couches and just kind of plopped himself down and we had one of our teenage volunteers and he's this big strapping varsity football player as his buddy and we told Jaden, Jaden just go on over there take your materials and you know plop it over there with him. Um, so he did that and he went over and so he, this big varsity football player who's like the ultimate cool of cool was on his haunches on the floor doing whatever materials they had. And this was right around Christmas time. And I saw this and I thought, isn't this a picture of Emmanuel? God coming down with us to be with us because he knew that we could never ascribe to his righteousness. And he was willing to lower himself to be with us. And so I took that picture and I shot it to our ministry's Facebook group and somehow it kind of went semi-viral within our church. And so God uses special people in special ways. God's gonna use a special needs ministry in special ways to teach lessons that could not come any other way. Mm. So that's just one. Wow, what a great thing. Well, as we get ready to close, what are your last words of advice for us? So for those who are out here listening, who uh, may not be doing anything at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, but aware that there is a need, how, how might you encourage them to begin to look for opportunities to serve children and, and families who are, who are in the midst of a special needs situation? Right. So many things, again, but I think one, I would start with Luke 14, mm. um, the parable of the great banquet. It actually says, go and invite. Yeah. Go and invite the poor, the blind, the disabled. It says go and invite twice. So that communicates that this is not an option. This is not an elective, but this is a biblical mandate. So I would say it starts with there. So obviously there's a need in this world, but this is God's heart. This is God's heart. Because sometimes we think when it shows up on my doorstep, exactly. I will address that. Right. So that's that. And so we have this concept of the disabled are out there and we are deciding whether we want to do this or not. I would like to also point out the reality that a lot of times these families are already in your church. It could be that they haven't been diagnosed yet. It could be that they are dealing with shame and guilt and they haven't disclosed it to you yet because there are hidden disabilities that don't go around the wheelchairs. Some are more obvious than others and some are very inconspicuous. Exactly. So there's that or they're going to be diagnosed later. Disability can happen any time in life. And so it's not an issue of, do we want to do this? Are we ready to do this? Mm. It's there. And how are we going to respond? I think the word of God makes it very clear. Wow. Diane, thank you so very much for sharing with us. Thank you for being here at the Edge Conference and for, for interacting face-to-face with our people. And I'm just so uh, so honored to have you here. And we are blessed by, by your presence and by your words. So thank you for thank sharing. Thank you, Chuck. Thanks we so much. We would love to have you back again. Oh, I'd love at it. Etch and on the podcast. We might have to talk by phone sometime since you're on the West Coast. Fantastic. Otherwise, come back for more hot chicken. Absolutely. Uh, You've already got me with the hot chicken. <laughs> Listeners, please, if this is something that strikes a chord with you, and it should, look for Diane's book. It is called Unbroken Faith, Spiritual Recovery for the Special Needs Parents. And look to connect with her online at www.dianedokokim.com. D-I-A-N-E-D-O-K-K-O-K-I-M.com. And you can connect with her there. And I'm sure you have 
a blog and other Facebook, things to read. Facebook, Pinterest, yes. all of that. Places to connect with her. So look for her on your social media. Again, Diane, thank you so much. Thanks again, Chuck. L listeners, thank you for listening. As always, we hope the episode has been challenging for you, and we hope that you will take this uh, not only as information, but as inspiration that can take you to, to spur you on to action as you serve the Lord by serving the families and kids in your context. Thank you for listening to the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.